Hello, and welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I'm your host, holistic nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, Taylor Jandro. And today I am bringing on my therapist, Chantal Wade, to talk to us about boundaries. I've been working with Chantal since 2016, and I credit so much of my ability to set and hold strong boundaries to the work that her and I have done together. So naturally, I had to bring her on to share a really unique conversation around what it really means to set boundaries. Specifically, and this was a game changer for me, the pre-work involved before you actually even set the boundary. I cannot wait for you to listen. But before we dive in, I want to share something super exciting with you. So every third episode of the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast is going to be an Ask Me Anything segment, meaning you can ask me anything. All you need to do is submit your question or questions with as much background detail as possible in the form linked in the show notes of this episode. These questions will be answered anonymously but please provide your email address as requested on the form so my amazing podcast manager can reach out and let you know when your question has been answered. Okay, on to the episode. Chantal, I'm so excited to have you here as my very first guest on the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. And the reason that I really wanted to bring you on is one, you're my amazing therapist. (laughs) I've been with you since 2016 and I credit so much of the work that I have done in implementing and setting and standing firm in my boundaries and being okay with setting boundaries to the work that we have done together. And I thought this episode is going to go live on December 22nd. So I thought who better to bring on than the person that has helped me navigate and establish boundaries, and especially around the holiday season. So take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to jump into everything boundaries. Well, first off, that is so meaningful. Thank you. That's so sweet. Uh, This work, I mean, obviously, the work with you has been, you know, wonderful, and it's just an honor. And Yeah, so let me kind of rewind for a minute back to 19 years of age, which was 21 years ago, about 22 years ago now. And it was, I'd had, you know, my own experiences that it kind of led me to the sexual assault center of Kingston, where I became a crisis counselor. And I knew when I was younger that I always had people just come and tell me their whole life story but as an empath and I didn't know what to do with it and I didn't have the boundaries right so hence this conversation (laughs) Uh, and so I very quickly fell in love with that work and a year later I was on the board of directors at the sexual sexual assault center in Kingston and then I started volunteering everywhere and knew I wanted to do my master of social work so I came back to Toronto did that and then got a job in an agency for about six years where I got so much more experience. And after about a year there, they sent me on a one-year training to become their trauma therapist or one of their trauma therapists. And so then I learned so much more and then went into private practice where I very quickly, you know, over the years, you just, you see so much and you learn so much just from the people that you're working with and from This field is so fascinating because the more you know, the more you realize you don't know anything, right? It's just so, it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. So being the lovely nerd that I am, I just keep learning and growing and uh, you learn so much from the lovely people like you that you work, that I work with. And it's kept me really fascinated, but boundaries has been something that I've always been interested in probably because I didn't have any for a long time. I didn't know how to set them myself. Mm-hmm. And so this was a process in learning for me too. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I, I say a lot uh, in kind of my messaging and my posts that 
there's no amount of eating a certain way or gut health optimization or hormonal support that is going to directly translate into helping you set boundaries and doing these other important things that are so crucial for our mental health, right? And one of the biggest things for me, because I got some, you know, this family dysfunction, I mean, who doesn't, right? And so one of the biggest things for me that I learned extremely quickly as I was starting to make the changes that were necessary to improve my health, both mental and physical, I very quickly learned the importance of setting boundaries. And I don't honestly know if I would have been able to do it if I didn't have the support of people like you who could really help me navigate and walk me through it. So why don't we kick off this conversation by kind of talking about what boundaries are? Brilliant. I was about to go there because I think that's the biggest misconception. We think boundaries are mean. Mm -hmm. We think that they're bad. They're these brick walls that we're putting up to push people away. And so what I think you and I have had this conversation, I have this conversation many, many times per week, where it's really about recognizing that all relationships need boundaries in order to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Because boundaries are really what your needs are. So my boundaries are going to be based on what my needs are, and it's all relative. So my boundaries and your boundaries are going to be very different. And it's how we're able to relate to other people because if I can't understand what my needs are in relationship, what my needs are for space, what my needs are for social time, you know, what my needs are throughout the holidays, then I don't know how to set my own boundaries, right? And I might be trying to go along based on what someone else needs instead of what it is that I need. And so that's what boundaries is really about. It's learning to value what you need after first really acknowledging what your needs are in the first place and then trying to negotiate that in relationships so they can be healthy. Because the biggest thing that ends up happening, you know, in, for instance, couples work that I do, it's that the couples don't have, there's a lot of resentment that's built up because those boundaries haven't been there, it's a lot of unmet needs, Mm -hmm. right? So it's this constant sort of negotiation. And I think what we think is this this brick wall. We put up this boundary to say, hey, you know, no, no means no. Like that's (laughs) the clearest boundary that we know, right? Like the no means no, but that's just such a small facet. That's on the far extreme. Boundary is also just being able to say, I'm overwhelmed or I'm got a lot going on. I'm not going to be able to make it or I can't do that for you right now, but I would love to do it for you next week. Or, you know, would you mind just coming over and hanging out with me here today? I really don't have the energy to go out, but I'd love to see you. It could be simple. Mm -hmm. You said something that I want to circle back to, which really stood out for me is you said that First, we have to figure out what our needs are or establish what our needs are, right? So it's almost like this step before boundaries. And this takes me back to, oh my gosh, like, like even before we started working together, yeah, like I didn't even know that I didn't even know what I needed almost until I got sick, for lack of a better word, until I was diagnosed with anxiety, panic, and depression, I didn't even know that I needed things. Like, it didn't even dawn on me that I needed things and that I was allowed to ask for things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you're you're not alone in that. And I think this is the, the important thing, because we say, and we hear, I mean, go on social media, everything's like, hashtag boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. But there are so many things that get in the way and affect our ability to set boundaries. So let's look at number one, our self-esteem, right? So, yeah, right. So let's talk let's about talk that. About that. <laughs> let's talk about self-esteem because if I don't believe yeah. I am deserving of having my needs met or of even having needs, then there is absolutely no way I'm going to be able to set boundaries with someone else. There is absolutely no way. 
Now let's add attachment traumas onto that. And so let me break that down really simply. Let's talk about how secure and safe we feel in relationship mm-hmm. with other people. How much do we fear abandonment and rejection? How much do we trust other people? How much do we fear disappointment or disappointing others? All those are going to implicate and affect whether we feel comfortable setting boundaries. Right? So it's, if there's a trauma, if there's any kind of trauma history, right? That's going to really affect because we are often so afraid and shameful already that it makes it really difficult to feel comfortable fully with other people. Now let's also add on, just because I already haven't said enough here, (laughs) let's add on protective parts. We all have this people pleaser, right? The perfectionist, the inner critic, (laughs) these parts of us that are dictating like, mm-hmm. well, you're not enough. Do your needs really matter more than their needs? Like all these parts of us that are just speaking to us as these little mean girls voices in our heads, telling us what we should do and what we are and are not allowed to do. And so what ends up happening is even if we do get the courage to set boundaries, then we're met with immense guilt and shame for doing it. So we don't actually get the needs met in the end. We just end up getting a whole bunch of shame. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Two things to say. (laughs) Two things to say about this. So when I do talk about boundaries, because this has just been such a game changer for me in my life and and in my health. And when I do talk about it, uh, you know, I often get people who will reach out to me and say, you know, I get it. I need to set boundaries. Everybody talks about boundaries, but what about the people in my life who that makes them mad or they don't respect it or they don't accept that or you know I get backlash and I it's not that I don't know what to say to that I think this is why you are the therapist and not yeah. me it's because and my response right. is kind of like yes that's just how and it right. is I mean that is how it is <laughs> I think this is if I kind of rebind back to you know what I was saying when we think boundaries are mean and that whole part there it's that when mm-hmm. someone isn't happy with the boundary we set, then we really feel mean. And I think setting boundaries, mm-hmm. you have to be willing to disappoint other people because you will. But it's trusting that for them and what that person mm-hmm. might not be realizing in that moment is that you setting this boundary is benefiting them in the end. Because if you're not having your needs met in this relationship, that's going to impact the relationship and probably not in a good way, right? So being able to set that boundary with that person, even though they're disappointed, it's trusting if they're the right person for you in your life, they're going to come around. And it takes a while sometimes to come around and it can take a while for people to get it, right? When we're saying, I can't do this or no, uh, you know, this feels too much. Or when you say this, you know, I'm I'm feeling uncomfortable. When we're setting those kinds of boundaries, it might upset, hurt, disappoint, we can add a whole bunch of other words, other people, but it's to better the relationship. So the reason we actually set boundaries isn't to push a person away. It's to be able to have closeness with that person, have a relationship with them. That feels unburdened. Oh, that's so powerful yeah it feels like as powerful as the pouring rain outside my window right now I don't know if you're picking that up but yeah it's it's like I literally could feel just the rains like pouring down as I'm saying that I'm like yes boundaries I got goosebumps (laughs) I don't even know where that that part came from but yeah that that I feel like that's really the essence of it And you know what? You said this to me once. I don't even know if you'll remember this, but we never know the things we say to people that stick with them, right? And influence them. And you said this to me once and I will never, ever forget it. And I say it constantly. Anybody who's close to me will probably be like, oh yeah, she says this all the time. You said to me, because I have a few family members who to this day don't respect my boundaries. I actually had one of them a month ago tell me to fuck my boundaries. So yeah, (laughs) that's been a very, um, you know, 
it that it doesn't bother me now, but you know, five or six, seven years ago, that really would upset me. And I remember you said to me, you said, family is a privilege, not a right. And that was such a right. mindset shift for me. It's not like you said it and right away I was like, oh yeah, okay, you know, but that's really helped me if I look at things through this angle. Because I think, I personally think it's easier for me to set boundaries with my friends, even like my romantic partner. It's easier for me to do that than to set it with my family members, especially the ones who've been in my life forever, like my grandparents or my parents, for example, right? And so when, if I just by looking at things through yeah. that lens from that one thing that you said to me many, many moons ago about how family is a privilege, not a right, like that has shifted a lot for me in setting boundaries where it's like, you know what, like I have a certain family member who will never, ever, ever understand my boundaries and respect my boundaries. They're never going to change. And I've had to come to terms with that. And then I've also had to reevaluate the relationship and ask myself, how much do I really want this person in my life? And this is where there's all these, um, I, I kind of, I make these little videos, as you know, on my, on my business page. And somebody mm-hmm. had asked me about, you, you, you mentioned brick wall boundaries. <laughs> what are those? And so I made a little video about brick wall boundaries. And so there's different levels of boundaries. And you're raising an amazing point here in that there are going to be people in our lives. And unfortunately, a lot of this happens in family dynamics. We don't choose our families. And so we hope that Mm -hmm. this is, you know, a lovely family and that we can be supported and that is unconditionally loving, but that isn't the case for everybody. And so there's this loaded assumption around holidays as we're talking about the holidays right now, that, oh, it's family time mm-hmm. and Christmas is lovely, right? That this is this happy time. And <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, my career is at its busiest at this time of year. There are clients contacting me that I haven't talked to for a while who are like, I need to have a session with you. Can you book me in? Because- I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Like we haven't talked for months and then the Christmas come and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need two sessions in December. Thank you. You're not, you're not alone in that. This is classic. Honestly, there are messages. I know about this time. This is where at least four people a week are like, can I get in? Um, And that's just part of the reality that there's this loaded assumption that family time is wonderful time. And that this Christmas is the happiest time of the year. And it's just not. For the introverts out there or the people whose family dynamics are just not what they want it to be, there's a lot of grief. Because there's all these types of grief that we can have. And there's grief that we have for not having the family we wished we had. And so sometimes setting boundaries with those individuals Mm -hmm. is really hard. And so there's different, I kind of break boundaries down, right? You have your communication boundaries where it's expressing what you need, right? You have your emotional boundaries with the people that you find particularly challenging, right? It's kind of recognizing what I can take on emotionally and what I can't take on emotionally, you know, as therapists, we really have to kind of build up our emotional boundaries or we'd be like <laughs> broken down and burnt out pretty quickly because you are working with them. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Even in my practice, that's been a big thing for me. It's like, what is right. my emotional bandwidth right. this week? Oh, four clients? Cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think I've learned. I know my number of how many clients I can see in a week. And, uh, and this week, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what the bleeding heart of me is like I can do five more than that uh and and I realized at the end of the week I was like no I can't actually I don't think I can do five more than that number yeah. uh that number is high enough that's a good number I think I'm gonna stick with that number because then I'm still me and I'm not a little bit of a different version of me coming forward so that that's that's that sort of emotional boundary and then there's then we kind of have to move a little bit further into more of sort of those brick wall boundaries that is getting really clear with using your communication just to kind of say no 
in a very clear, kind and assertive is the way I like to go with boundaries. Kind and assertive. And if you feel comfortable, vulnerable, right? Letting people into you so that they can see what's happening for you. But with some family members, particularly, you might not Mm -hmm. feel comfortable to do that. So then I say, fine, kind and assertive, right? And assertive is different than aggressive because often so many of us, the only way we've learned to set boundaries is through anger. Mm -hmm. So there's this fight part that kind of comes forward. That's like, no, I just can't do it anymore, right? I can't. Or there's this aggressive tone. And when we use that, then the boundary comes across as you know, what we think of as mean, right? These mean boundaries. And so it's kind of breaking it down to being assertive versus aggressive and finding that kind of calm part of ourselves, you know, just that, that part of us that can stay grounded and be really clear, assertive and kind. And then just repeating the boundary whenever it's not being met, repeating it. And the people who really consistently do not listen, then we might need to go to a completely different form of boundary which is that spatial boundary which is putting time and space in the relationship and unfortunately in some dynamics it might be that having a relationship with that person is too painful Mm -hmm. and it's being able to feel okay with yourself for the distance and for the space that you need Mm -hmm. and that's really where the work is that it's like setting the boundary is one thing. Okay, I've established what I need. I'm going to set this boundary. Maybe like you and I have worked on scripts. You've literally helped me script out what to say. And I have said it <laughs> verbatim <laughs> so that I can say it in a kind and compassionate way. But then holding the boundary, I have found to be the most difficult part. Yeah, that's the hard part. That's, and that is where it comes back full circle to, What's our confidence? What's our self-esteem like? How safe do Mm -hmm. we feel in relationship with other people? Mm -hmm. How much do we fear rejection, abandonment, disappointing other people? Who's showing up? So I always talk, as you know, about parts. Like, you know, I'm big in internal family Mm -hmm. systems and parts work. And I'm like, what parts showing up to have this conversation? Is it the people pleaser? Is it that perfectionist that needs to get this right and have you know, and that's constantly telling you you're not enough if you don't do this right, right? Is it the inner critic that's shaming you for how you're doing this and telling you you're being mean for doing this and that your needs don't actually matter? And so it's being really clear with trying to connect to that real part of us, that part that has compassion and curiosity and calm and connectedness, right? And confidence, all these C's. So the developer of this, of internal family systems really loved alliteration. So he just, it was C's on everything and F's on everything. And, but these are all the components of our true self. And we all have this, we (laughs) all have this. Some of us have it more developed than others, but even the people who come from the most traumatized backgrounds have the capacity for compassion, even though they've never seen it, never learned it. It just innately comes out of us as humans which is pretty brilliant. There's this natural confidence. Like there'll be this voice and every client will tell me they'll have this moment where there's this voice that comes forward. That's like, well, I know I'm, I have a right to ask for this. And I'm like, whoa, hold the phone, hold the phone. Where did that come from? You know, because they've just been shaming themselves for feeling so bad Mm -hmm. for not doing more over the holidays or actually not I've had clients decide not to spend it with their family and they've decided to go away instead and the guilt that emerges mm-hmm. but then there's this kind of voice that comes forward that's like but I need this for me and that's where I say okay let's stick with that part because that's the part we want to be having these conversations around boundaries with yeah And they can be something that just came up for me as you were saying this, because I'm kind of reflecting on my own journey with setting boundaries around the holidays. You know, there's one year that I didn't go home for Thanksgiving because there were certain things that were going on at home that were very toxic. And I was not in a good place with my mental health to put myself in that situation. And it wasn't 
the boundary was around the situation. It wasn't around the people. Like I, I, those people are the closest people in my life and, and they have been like, I wanted to see them so bad, but they were going through something that I was like, I cannot put myself in this situation. There's been even smaller boundaries where it's like, I'm setting a boundary around what I'm consuming, what I'm eating, if I'm drinking and going, showing up at Christmas dinners and and standing firm in this boundary, like I'm not going to drink or I'm not going to eat gluten. Like those are maybe smaller boundaries, you know, like even this year, Steve and I have been together for five years and this is the first Christmas that we're actually going to spend with together. Usually we separate for Christmas. And in my mind, that's a little boundary because I have felt I want to see my parents. I love our traditions, but I have been prioritizing that out of fear for disappointing my mother because I know she's going to be disappointed mm-hmm. that I'm not there and I'm choosing to spend Christmas with Steve and his family. We're going out of the country. So we're going to rotate Christmases. One Christmas with my family, one Christmas with his. It took me five years to come to that decision, you know? Yeah. Powerful though. Congratulations. It seems small and insignificant, but just hearing you talk now. No, it's not. This is so big. This is so big. If we're, you know, talking about women's empowerment here, this is you stepping into your power and asking yourself, what do I need? And then putting that into Mm -hmm. practice. What do I need? What do I want? Because we're allowed to do what we want Mm -hmm. if it's not, you know, (laughs) desire is a powerful thing right desire is such a powerful thing and we all have it but we don't nurture it and it's not those desires like "Ooh, i want a million dollars or i really want to go out for dinner every night it's not that that's not the kind of desire we're talking about but just we have needs and then we have desires and yeah you might want to go out for dinner every night and so go out for dinner sometimes you know that's a great thing to do but it's kind of figuring out the things that I think I'm going to rewind again. I feel like it's like (laughs) rewind about a thousand times today. So going back to another part of our conversation, when we were talking about like, how do you figure out what your needs are in order to be able to set boundaries? Because what you're just describing here is that you were thinking so much about your mom's Mm -hmm. needs that that was being, that was taking over as the priority. It was like the, the vocals were just zooming in that you weren't actually able to see what you really needed and that you weren't actually, and probably the only way you were able to see that would be if you were getting really frustrated or you were, you know, missing Steve or you were, you know, there were things that were coming up and then, and then you start to actually click in with what do I need and what do I desire? And then you're able to start to make those shifts. But I think when we're trying to think about, you know, figuring out what it is that we need. I always get people to think about this on so many different levels because we think about what are the things we need to be okay and what are the first signs that we aren't okay. Mm-hmm. And this is on many different levels and you'll love this because nutritional mm-hmm. is one, right? So I think about like the physical and that's on many different levels. So if you're someone like me, I'm very a sensory feeler. So my body is going to pick up feelings very quickly and I might feel them very physically, right? And that could be digestive stuff. That could be physical pain, uh, whatever it might be. And then there's also sort of that nutritional component to the physical. Uh, what are our physical needs? What are our emotional needs? Now, this might be your, you know, mental health needs. This might be self-care needs. What are your social needs, right? This is going to be very different based on whether you're an extrovert, an introvert. What are your nervous system regulation needs? And so this is different from emotional needs because as you you know this, I'm preaching to the (laughs) choir, preach, preach, to nervous system regulation where it's really about, okay, how do I get to know when my nervous system is going into overdrive or going into underdrive, right? When I'm feeling shut down or I'm feeling like overly stimulated where there's anxiety and anger coming in or when I'm getting, you know, down-regulated to this place of sort of depression and shame and hopelessness. And it's how do I keep myself within my window of tolerance? So it's being able to think about the things that we need for our nervous mm-hmm. system. 
And then for people who spiritually, that's a big component for them. What are your spiritual needs? Especially around the holidays. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I mean, all the time, but especially around the holidays, there's a lot of spiritual emphasis on that as well right and there's a lot of when we talk about guilt and shame if somebody's maybe deviating from their parents spirituality and they want to start to bring that into the holidays or step away from certain traditions or spiritual traditions religious traditions the guilt and the shame that comes with that like holy moly Oh yeah, we could have a we could have a field day with that conversation. That could be a whole other podcast, right? That's yeah, that's a big one. I think it's yeah, I think it's getting to connect to all of those sort of needs and just kind of breaking them down. You know, what are those things that I actually need to be able mm-hmm. to function? To be able to function well. Yeah, well, let's not leave the bar on the ground. Let's actually make it that we can function well, right? And so And then what are the signs when I'm not functioning well? And we'll know, like, what are the things when they're not in place where I stop functioning well, right? The the big one with boundaries that I forgot to put in there is like our boundaries with work. For those who are working, what are our boundaries around work? What do we need there? Yeah. And this is work that, you know, I I kind of said at the top of this episode that I, I know that I I've worked really hard on setting boundaries and I feel extremely comp. I've worked on the self-esteem. I've worked on all these other layers that are going to influence how you set and hold your boundaries. Cause it's not just like boundaries, period, and black and white, right? There's so many things under it that influence boundaries, just like there is with health. Like if something's going on with your gut, it's going to affect all other parts of your body, right? the parallels in this conversation but (laughs) we're constantly our boundaries are evolving and that's okay they're not set in stone we're allowed to change our mind and that comes with a whole other set of like oh I just did this whole thing and set all these boundaries and now I'm changing my mind and that comes with more guilt and shame and and confusion around that but I mean something that you and I have been working on have been working on currently like in our sessions is setting boundaries in my work right? Like it, this work doesn't end. Like, it's not like you set your boundaries and you're like, perfect. I'm done. I'm good to go for the rest of my life. (laughs) This work evolves and your boundaries change and shift and evolve based on your relationship, your, your job, the season of the year, the season of your life. And I think just acknowledging that is really important that that's all part of the journey and, and it's okay for them to shift and evolve. And it's actually super normal for them to shift and evolve. I love this. I love this so much for so many reasons because, well, you know, from working with me, I'll be like, pause 5,000 thoughts going through my head. Mm-hmm. Let me just piece them out one by one here <laughs> for a moment. Uh, I'm going to put a few on the shelf. I'm going to pull a few out. So I'm, I'm just pulling a few back out right now. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm thinking about is one, this idea that we need to be asking ourselves these questions regularly what do I need right now? And that feels so fundamentally selfish. Yes. I'm so glad you said the word selfish. Especially for those of us who do not have self, you know, do not have a lot of self-esteem. Because if you kind of look at it, if we don't have Mm self-esteem, calling ourselves a good person feels egotistical, right? Because like the bars on the ground to call myself a good person, (laughs) That's not asking for much, right? If I'm going to say I'm the best person, I'm better than everybody else, that's egotistical. But it's just because that feels so foreign that then we associate it with being, you know, egotistical, too much, selfish, all these bad things. So actually saying I have needs and my needs matter feels selfish. And that is such a fundamental flaw in our world because this is I mean this is promoted sort of everywhere you know there is this promotion of hashtag boundaries right but there's also this promotion Mm -hmm. of hashtag be better do better you know then and it's constantly trying to put us into being the best version of myself that I can be like what is that right and so it's actually asking ourselves knowing that we are constantly evolving and that it's not selfish to ask myself, what do I need? Because if I don't do that, then I'm walking through my life a suffering martyr. 
essentially, that's just out trying to make everybody else be okay. And over time, not having needs met or pushing ourselves beyond our capacity or our boundaries or having people consistently cross our boundaries. And sometimes we don't even know that that's why we really need to know what those boundaries are because we'll just start feeling really angry or we'll feel all of our protective parts coming forward, right? Getting aggressive or we're, you know, pushing people away or we're getting overly anxious, trying not to disappoint or we, the people pleaser comes forward because we're so afraid of what it actually means to set boundaries or even before that step to acknowledge that we have needs and that those needs matter. Yes. And just to put a pin in that thing that you said, you know, we were talking about emotions, like, oh, then you're going to start to feel angry and things like this. We've had so many conversations over the years about this. And this has also been very profound in my life is not labeling emotions as good or bad, but they're messengers and why are they showing up? And so like, it's like, you're getting angry. That's not a bad emotion. That doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you out of control. It means something's happening. Like what's happening? Is a boundary being crossed? Like what is happening that's causing this irritability, anger, like these outbursts? Yeah, right. Emotions are very protective, Mm -hmm. right? So if we even look at that, and you know, because from our work, I don't believe in bad emotions. I actually get frustrated when I see that, oh, a negative emotion. I'm like, there's no such thing. They're just emotions. (laughs) Um, So I think that, you know, that anger, I look at it even further as like, it's it's sort of this this fight part. It's like your little warrior. I always talk about my Shira because I used to watch Shira and He-Man. Many oh my gosh, I love that. Who they are. But Shira, she has a sword and she's like, yeah, yeah. come in, the princess warrior, right? <laughs> and so I have my Shira and she comes, she wants to fight to the death sometimes. And I have to be like, hey girl, we got this. We got this. Don't worry about it. You can like go have a nice little nap. You're good. But <laughs> That's that part of us that wants to come forward to anger kind of protects us in that moment. It makes us not care about the other person. Mm-hmm. That's what anger, that's what the fight part's coming forward. It's making us get angry so that we don't give, you know, two hoots about that other person so that we can set that boundary with them so that we can do what we need to do without feeling bad about it. But often what happens, as we know, the guilt hits right after. So often people will describe that that moment of anger feels freeing. It's like liberating because they're free of all the other emotions for that moment until it kicks in later. Yeah. You're like, for a moment, you're free. And then you're like, ashamed. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. But but yeah, exactly. So you and, and that's the thing. Anger can be really powerful. So it's it's also kind of looking at what it offers you that 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 you're not feeling you're able to get without it. And it's how do you access what it's giving you without needing to go to that level of anger. Mm-hmm. Because anger is a wonderful emotion. It will tell you so much. What we think is so bad about anger and why we, as particularly as women, feel like anger is this awful thing is because we associate it with aggression, mm-hmm. violence. You know, I've had clients tell me they associate it with with ugliness. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, ugliness. I was like, wow, that's interesting. That's really, but it's true. And so it makes them unattractive. Yes. And so we withhold until we blow up. And we don't feel safe to set boundaries. Yeah. Because we're afraid of, of so many of us are very afraid of, of the anger and it comes out as a lash out. It comes out as like the Shira coming forward as opposed to looking at anger as, whoa, this is a really healthy emotion that's telling me something. A boundary has been crossed. Something doesn't feel right to me right now. Let me sit with that for a minute. Or I'm being triggered from some past Mm -hmm. event that this is reminding me of. Let me sit with that for a minute. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how profound this work is. Like I now do this after years and years and years of having these conversations with you. I will now, because I'm still a human being. I'm not a robot. I'm not perfect. And we shouldn't be chasing perfection anyway. It doesn't exist. And so I 
have come, I used to be such a reactive person because that's what was modeled to me. Like my family's loud. They would yell at each other. They would fight. Like It was like loud and reactive. And Steve is the complete opposite, right? Like he's like quiet. He'll kind of walk away. That's how he deals with it. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> and so I've done a lot of work on kind of working on that and, 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 you know, processing and pausing and, and responding versus reacting reacting but I will still have my moments because I am a human and I will react and then I'll sit with myself afterwards and I'll journal and I will figure out like where that trigger came from and then one I can go to him and apologize and then two I can look at that usually bring it into a session with you (laughs) and be like okay there's still something going on here you know and I can start to unpack that and understand where that came from instead of feeling like I don't have any control or feeling like I'm a bad person because I yelled and I promised him I wouldn't yell right. at him and you know things like that yeah oh it's interesting oh the fight parts yeah they they are survival you know they're really strong survival parts mm-hmm. and I think what gets really clear is then we can figure out from our anger okay there's a boundary that I really feel I need to set here because anger is going to come up very quickly yeah. when you have unmet needs and that might come in the form of resentment that might come in mm-hmm. the form of just getting really irritated with someone and then over time it's really frustrated and then over time it's just really angry right and so uh, mm-hmm. it builds it's one of those things that builds now if anyone who's listening to this has any experience of trauma there is this little ball of rage living within you guaranteed because whenever we've experienced trauma, there's a ball of rage and it's going to come out in some way. Mm-hmm. As you and I both know, that can come out physically. It can come out through mental health stuff. It can come out through like the physical stuff I was talking about, like chronic pain, digestive issues, health issues, you know, immune issues, autoimmune conditions, all sorts of things that can impact that. So it's so important, especially with histories of trauma, to really learn about boundaries and do whatever work there is to recognize that we are all deserving of having our needs met. Love this. Okay, I would love to wrap up this conversation by, I like steps. Okay. I'm very like, give me like the five steps I can implement, you know, kind of thing, very step by step. Mm -hmm. So. I know there's a lot of pieces here and, and as always, when we have these conversations, we're going to kind of go off on these tangents and reel us back in. But if, if you had to kind of break it down, summarize, yeah, break it down into like, let's say five steps. And these are not five steps that are going to be implemented right away. <laughs> They'll be implemented slowly. Yeah. Right. What would you, how would you break that down for people who really want to do this they're like okay yes I see the importance of setting these boundaries but like what do I how do I do it okay so this is oh that's a really good question okay my mind's going in like <laughs> 10 tricky. directions with it it's a tricky one I think the first step that exercise of really looking at what your needs are mm-hmm. in all these different realms of your life and you might have specific realms that are different right? It's looking at that. Like, what are the things I need to be functioning well? Mm-hmm. And I want to premise this by saying that a lot of people aren't, you know, if you're not functioning well right now, that can be a hard thing. It's like, but I've never functioned well. How do I, how do I know that? But just imagining what are the kinds of things that actually help you? Yeah. It's understanding what are your triggers, because those are going to tell you a lot about what your boundaries are. And when I'm talking about triggers, I'm talking about those moments where you feel like you go from zero to 100. Somebody says something, so let's give an example of my partner that says something, and you can tell very quickly because I stand in silence, but my eyes get wide. And it looks like there might be smoke about to come out of my ears, you know? And I'm just like trying to process it and be like, Shira, sit down. We're got this. Shira, go have a little nap at the back of the bus. <laughs> but that's those moments. It's what are the triggers? Okay. So getting to know what your needs are, learning what are your triggers. So it's just getting to know yourself. And the most important part here with 
is number three, which is the self-esteem component. Mm-hmm. Mantras are really powerful. So I have a client who literally puts little post-its all over her bathroom mirror. And because they're little, they're things that we all have this, this young, these younger parts to us that are wounded, right? These younger parts from our family dynamic and different ages that are still in us. And when we get triggered, we get sent back there. And those are the parts of us that need healing in order for us to build our self-esteem. Because those are the parts that feel like I'm not enough. I'm not deserving of having my needs met. I'm unlovable. I'm not deserving of good things. Right? And so when we can kind of use that really grounded part of us, that little voice that keeps coming in with these really, this wisdom, you know, these wise little things, that part of us is truly who we are. To comfort and, and give the words that these like, you know, wounded parts of that we have within us need to help them. That's the stuff we want to be saying to ourselves every day. I am deserving of having my needs met. I am enough. Like that's the bars on the ground with I am enough. Mm-hmm. That's not saying a lot about us, right? But we need to be able to say that. And noticing how these three steps, I we haven't even set enough. the boundaries yet. Right? There's almost like this pre-work. And this is the conversation that's missing, I find. When even when I talk about it, when I talk about boundaries, because I don't have the background to support people through this like you do, right? So there's pre-work, just like there is with the body, like it's like we have a symptom, okay, we gotta back up, so we gotta set the boundaries, but it's not like you're just gonna go out there and be like, I'm gonna set this boundary and it's gonna be great. And then when I don't set it, I feel bad about myself because it's like we gotta Back it up, back it up, back it up, and do this kind of pre-work. Three-step, uh, pre-work. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love this. I love this. <laughs> the pre-work. Thanks. It's the pre-work to build up. And I'm making this up on the spot, by the way, but I actually kind of love this. So you're you're giving it's me genius. some ideas here too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because you know I'm just genius. I love everything I say. No, but I think this is <laughs> this is just a really nice wor- way to kind of build it up because this is what we've been talking about. You know, from the moment we said boundaries, I was like, but we got to back up, you know, we got to back yeah. up. And so this is a part of really building that up for yourself, of reminding yourself that, because that becomes this voice of reason that gets to comfort these wounded parts that will show up as soon as you set a boundary. They will show, show, show up. If there's any form of, you know, insecurity in the way that we relate to other people, in our friendships and our relationships, those wounded parts are going to show up and be deeply afraid of rejection, abandonment, disappointing. And so we want to have that in place. And then the next step is actually setting the boundary. Yeah. Setting the boundary. And that might mean saying, you know what, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. And maybe with that person, you choose to, I always say testing out the waters, like you choose to just be a little bit vulnerable and share a bit more about why not. But, you know, it's very clear, like if you ever look at any sort of AA program or they're very clear, you don't need to express, you don't need to explain anything with your boundaries. Just say, you just do what you can do when you say no, when you have to say no. And you don't need to feel guilty about that. That's it. And I say, that's great. And for a lot of people, that's what needs to be done and then there's for some others you want to practice the vulnerability so kindness being assertive and in the right relationships where you feel heard and seen maybe you add in the vulnerability in the right relationships yeah and that's so hard and that's so hard and we all have recognizing that is huge that it's (laughs) that you setting the boundary in the way that's going to best serve you right so it there's nothing worse than being vulnerable with someone and then having that thrown back in your face there's nothing worse than that and so we don't need to put ourselves in that position with the right people we'll be able to do that and they will hear us even if they're disappointed that we're not going to their christmas party right they will still hear us and, and want to 
be a good person or friend or brother or father or whatever it might be, they're going to want to support. Yeah. Very key part is in the right relationships, right? Like the family member that I mentioned who will never get on board with my boundaries, I can, I cannot show vulnerability in that. It, like it will not be received and it will make me feel worse. But recognizing that is huge, right? I'm just kind of like, oh. <laughs> right. So those are the people you'd be vulnerable with. And then this brings us to step five, which is yeah. the other part of this self that we all have, which is compassion. Because there's a lot of self-compassion needed. And I'm mm -hmm. still a little bit amazed that I just made up a five-step process. <laughs> that five is coming back to and sometimes with self-compassion and this might be a whole other podcast but I think this self-compassion piece is so important because often we we can access it for others but we can't access it for ourselves and so I get people to think of you know the person they love the most what would you say yeah. to them if they were in the situation so if you're having trouble accessing it for yourself Think about this natural compassion that comes up when you put someone else in this position that you love. Yes. What would you want to say to them? Because likely that's exactly what yes. you need to hear right now. And this is kind of going back to step three. So step three was preparing you for this moment. For when the guilt arises, that's just other, like all of these things that come up are all sort of protective, right? Like if we believe, you know, that inner critic that's constantly telling us we're doing wrong, but it's really just trying to make sure we do right. You know, it's just being able to like be able to take the reins, have that self-compassionate part, hold the reins and say, I got this, you know, I'm doing, I've done nothing wrong. My needs matter and it's okay to take care of myself. I'm deserving of caring for myself. Yes especially I, I was like what is she gonna say I'm like what is she gonna say for step five I'm on the edge of my seat I didn't know what it was gonna be and I'm so happy because especially with anxiety panic depression like we're so hard on ourselves but I think that this is you know I think there have been enough years of sort of observing what works and what doesn't work and that's why with boundaries there needs to be you know, people will ask me, how do you, well, how do you set the boundary? I say, well, we got to, there's a lot of work we got to do before this. And for some people, you could zoom through this in five minutes. And for others, this might take some time. And I think, you know, I know, uh, you know, it's so on, it's such an honor hearing what you're saying, having been the person who worked with you and has worked with you. But also for me with, mm -hmm. with my therapist, I mean, having that safe space just to be able to get excited to tell her when I had set a boundary. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm trying. I'm working through the guilt and the shame and that people pleaser part of me. And I'm, I'm, I'm setting this boundary, and just having her hold space for that and like celebrate that with me was huge. Those were just the most beautiful moments, you know, because it keeps you motivated and driven to to keep doing that. And so whether you have that therapist in your life doing it or you be that person for yourself, it's like that coach that you can be for yourself to be like, got this, you go, you know, and that part uh, is pretty magical because this stuff is important. It's not selfish. It's not mean. It is essential. So good. I feel like this is like a mic drop moment and this is your new five-step process and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Speaking from experience, it took me many, many years. And that is okay. I don't look back on those years and think like, ugh, that was, I mean, in the moment, I was probably like, I want this to move faster. This is frustrating. But now in hindsight, I'm just kind of like, oh, it took as long as it needed to take. <laughs> I actually have a few friends in my life who are also in therapy and we celebrate our boundaries with each other. It's really cute. We will text each other when we set boundaries and we'll celebrate each other if they're big to small. Like I had a girlfriend who, just decided to bow out of a weekend away and her partner was pretty bummed about that because they've been planning it for a long time it was kind of a group thing and she just really needed to stay back that weekend she texted me so excited to tell me she set that boundary and I was like oh my gosh yay go you <laughs> I know I'm I um I love that so much my closest girlfriend is 
well, one, just a little piece of magic. And she actually, I, well, I, I reached out and I said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like you're going through, a, you know, you've got a lot going on. Do you feel like maybe we can, you want to reschedule our time? She invited us over for dinner and, and then she responded, you know, I've, spoke to my partner about it last night and I think I do really need to just take some time for myself for the next little while I've been feeling really overwhelmed and my response was you go girl I'm so (laughs) proud of you you know this is amazing and I think that because I think it was just you know when people can ask for what they really need and you can hold space for that the closeness that she and I have is because of how we are with each other. Mm-hmm. We are just so supportive of each other's boundaries and we're always looking out for each other in that way. And when she writes to me about something that she's done, like at work, a boundary that she set, I'm like, oh my God. When I write to her, she's like, you're the best, look at you go. And so it's, it's those are the people that keep close. And this is what's available to us when we work on these pieces because they're the people that you can be vulnerable with, right? Yeah. Uh, Those are those kind of key players. I hold that friend in my little pocket, you know? Yeah. And I think that, and I have some beautiful friends like that and and wonderful people in my family, like family members and, and people in my life and my partner. So it's just, it's, you know, but you, the, the more you, build your confidence and self-esteem in yourself, the more you can sort of gravitate yourself towards people who will respect your boundaries and work with you, even if they're disappointed, Mm -hmm. they'll come around. And that's where you get to kind of build your network so that setting boundaries can feel a little bit easier Boom. There it is. I love it. Oh, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. You're coming on from, I already wrote notes that I want you to come on to talk about polyvagal theory. Like I'm like <laughs> writing notes as you're saying things where I'm like, okay, she's coming back. But thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me oh, and my amazing community today. I, I just adore you. I'm so grateful for our work. I'm so grateful for my best friend who referred me to you all of those years ago. Um, and I'm sure everyone's going to want to follow your Instagram now. So what's the handle for that? Because those you do a lot of videos and they are so, so, so helpful. You know, it's so funny. I'm so not techie i'm like what is my, i know you're not my <laughs> i just started this page a little while ago so i believe it's at chantal wade therapist i'll link it in yes, the show at, Sean, notes, at but... chantal wade so c-h-a-n-t-a-l-w-a-d-e therapist yeah. excellent and i'll link it in the show notes for everyone as well so they can just click on that button and follow along and thank you so much and you and I will chat soon yes thank you such a pleasure and let's all set our boundaries yes a good practice and that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to today's episode before you go I have one quick favor to ask If you loved today's episode, I would so appreciate it if you left me a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disorder. It's not something you just have to live with. It's definitely not part of your personality. And there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety and with awareness comes action so the more people this podcast can reach the less people will struggle with anxiety and positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show you are the best thank you so much for being here i appreciate you so much last thing I have to say this legal and medical disclaimer. 
The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me, and the use and the implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist, so please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that is it. Until the next episode, bye for now.